What's up, folks, and welcome to the Gift of Gaming podcast. It's the news episode because it's the beginning of a new month. That's right. We're hitting up everything about June. So grab a cup of tea, sit down, relax, and let your usual anchorman take you through the video game and news. It's me, your host, Darren Wade, and today I am joined by, of course, the old reliable crew, the anchormen themselves, Mr. Xbox Games Pass himself, Luke Maycock. Luke, how are you? I'm great, Darren. Thanks for having me back. Of course, always a pleasure. And uh, the PC playing console hating Laura Hunt and full-time Canadian <laughs> himself, Chris. Ooh. Chris, how are you keeping? I'm doing pretty well, Darren. Happy out? You doing well? Yeah, yeah, pretty well. Pretty well. Just uh, kind of got through a bit of a gauntlet at work and yeah so we meant to have you uh, yeah we meant to have you last week myself and andrew were holding down the forest uh because you, you were you were quite busy but it's all calmed down now yeah nice yep. nice and luke how are things with you great great uh yeah not too bad um doing a bit of a switcheroo on the job side of things so uh t- things have been chill i've actually had a bit of downtime lately to play some games and i've used that to do nothing but play rocket league um, nice. Which was <laughs> nice. You know, yeah. There's so many games I could have gone for, and I just wanted to be a DJ and play some ranked yeah. stuff. So sometimes you just need to zone out and play yeah. something you're familiar with. I oh it. yeah, it was beautiful. Like have a podcast on in the background and just like play some ranked. I hit diamond and just oh Hot Wheels over here. Just yeah. chilling. I remember he was like, "Hey, do you want to play?" This is going back years. He was like, "Do you want to play some uh, Rocket League with me?" And I was like, <laughs> "Sure." And, you know, we did a couple of competitive against each other matches and I was like, well, this is utterly pointless because Luke is unreal at Rocket <laughs> yeah. League. We played, we started playing supersonic acrobatic. Rocket, Rocket Powered Battle, Battle Cares. Cares. Which is the the prequel game or the original game by the studio. And such, uh, like, why change the name? I mean, I can <laughs> see. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously I can see why you changed the name, but like, don't change the name. That was an amazing the, the, name. The theme song was so good. As well. Yeah, still, yeah. Oh, that was, if you don't know the supersonic acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cares, theme song <laughs> go and look it up because it is just as much of a mouthful and they 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 absolutely they rock on it they, yeah it's, it slaps so hard. i think that's why i like i mean anytime i opened the the game i used to just get excited to play it purely for that opening for the theme, for song. The theme song yeah, yeah i was like telling that um so we're in uh the spare bedroom in the apartment today guys because i didn't book our fancy uh meeting room so here we are all nice and cozy together in this space um i <laughs> i had a when i got back from work i was in a rush i was like you know i need to eat some food and i was like very excited to eat because yesterday for lunch for brunch i went to elephant and castle and ordered their chicken wings which are unbelievable but the portions are massive so i had like a whole portion like a whole half portion of chicken wings left mm-hmm. but because i was in a rush because you guys were coming up straight after work and everything and i was i just got back from the office i was like wolfing them down and i just had an image of you know when lord of the rings the return of the king denethor, <laughs> oh, denethor eating, eating. The that was me was, the chicken. I, <laughs> I stepped away from the table and i had like the sauce of the chicken wings down my <laughs> arms and i was like oh man i should probably go wash myself before the guys get here i thought you were going to tell us you uh, swallowed a chicken bone or something I was like, Ooh. oh no thank you no i mean I'm, I'm devoted to the podcast but i don't know if i'm that devoted to the podcast <laughs> yeah. Cancel it if you were <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, so you guys you've been playing rocket league chris you've been playing anything oh god uh it's been a hot minute since i've been on this show so yeah i've been through quite a few things i went through my zone out phase a little while ago um and i 100 percented a game called dredge it's like a oh, crafty oh, yes. game. I've been told about this. I'm supposed to get on this buzz. Yeah, dredge. It, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, pretty short, pretty simple, but mm. yeah, it was I was very enjoyable. That's the fishing one, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kev and his brother Aiden. Were, Kev was the one who told me about it the yeah. other day. Yeah. yeah. They were hooked on us, but uh, yeah, so it's worth it. Worth the shit. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, other than that, I uh, jumped on Fall Guys again recently. Oh, nice. Got my five wins in a row achievement. Oh, Fuck it. I, have, oh, I, I still haven't won a game. And I turn it on like occasionally <laughs> to play it, and I still have not won a game of ever Fall Guys. Ever since I did that, ever since I nearly got three in a row, I just was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I turn it on. Yeah. Other than that, uh, a lot of Street Fighter in rotation. Uh, nice. I mean, such an amazing game. And uh, this weekend, me and my buddies picked up a game called The Isle which is open world survival, but you're dinosaurs. Oh. So you spawn in as like a baby stegosaurus and you just got to like run and try to eat and grow until that you can like fuck great. up a pack of raptors if oh, they attack you. So it's good. so fun. <laughs> or you can play as the raptors. And I was going to say, are you always a... No, no, veggie? there's like probably, I don't know, 10, 15 to choose from. All carnivores, herbivores. You got to like get your diet in there. You got to drink water, but you got to watch out because a lot of players will play uh, like a, it's called a uh, dinosuchus which is just oh, infinitely yeah. growing crocodile. And you can't see them coming, so they'll just lunge out of the water, and like if you're too small, they'll just eat you in one chomp. So it's like kind of open world, but everybody, like are most of, or all the dinosaurs that are, you see are, are players? There are some AI dinosaurs, but they'd be like little guys just to like, because when you're a juvenile raptor, you have to eat meat, but you obviously can't take out another dinosaur yet, so you got to find those or like scavenge off of like what a T-Rex left behind or something. Right, okay. That sounds sick. That sounds really. It was, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, been in one of those games that's early access for years, and it's kind of like it's it's got its issues with the uh, development focus. I would say it's like long queue times getting the servers, and it's just yeah, it's a bit of a train wreck. But yeah, it was enjoyable. Nice, very nice. Game. What are you playing yourself there? Playing Final Fantasy sixteen, but I think this has probably been the longest lull I have had in terms of time i've had for video games mm. there's been like a busy and like you know nice complaints hanging out with people seeing friends things like that but i just have not like 16 i was so excited for and i am um, you know a couple of us started at the same time craig started at the same time as maybe i got a day one i think craig's at the end game i am i am like barely 10 hours into that game and it's like it's one of those things that eats away at me i'm in there i'm in work working away you know doing boring spreadsheet things and i'm like ah oh, there's a whole there's a whole Game of Thrones Final Fantasy waiting for me, and I just can't get the time to play it. So um, doing that when I can, and uh, I tried getting back into Final Fantasy IX uh, on the Switch because of the nine remake leaks that came out. I was like, oh, maybe that's one I should play through. But I was like, I'm sorry, I've been having the time for 16. So. Remake leaks? I thought they announced nine remakes. So, sorry, they had a, they have announced a nine remake, but I, there were leaks way prior to, to that. So I started it my I started my nine file ages ago and just kind of oh, hop okay. on. But I wanted to get back into it then recently. And I was like, I don't really have time for 16. I can't go back and play nine. I finished that game. I know what happens. So I'm just <laughs> waiting to play, play some 16. So um, apart from that... Don't think I've gotten into anything. I mean, I think I said it to possibly Andrew when I was in the last episode, but I 100%ed my Advance Wars file. So I can. Nice. I can yeah, nice. you were having a hard time making time for that too a little while ago. Oh, uh, no, you were trying to like grind out the first one to get to the second one. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I mean, I say I thoroughly enjoyed it. I 100%ed the first one, 100%ed the second, got all the characters. And uh, myself, uh, Craig, and Colin were only talking recently that we'd love to try and give the multiplayer a shot again because there's like loads of issues with connectivity when you're doing like a local man play, but we found out a couple of troubleshoots to get that fixed. So we're talking about giving that a shot again because that was like, that was, we only played it for about two hours. And again, we had like a couple of timeouts and stuff, but it's a fun game to play with your mates like fog of war and just like you know we all play games from like which one is the best 
Which one's the best at this game? We've all <laughs> finished it, but which one's the best at it? So yeah. I'm still <laughs> determined to, to convince him to have another shot at that. Um, otherwise, no, I'm looking forward to... Uh, I was only listening to the developer of Singers Run a News episode. The developer is behind Baldur's Gate 3, which is finally like releasing full release. I was playing like the alpha and the beta for you know the last like three or four years on and off on the Stadia. Haven't touched it since Stadia um, closed, obviously. Uh, but they were talking about how the game is like at least 70 hours long. Pure D&D game, like 70 hours long. And Jesus. they reckon you'll uh, probably want to play it, you know, two or three times because the roles will change. Like you roll for literally everything, every decision, every check, um, yeah. certain routes, everything will, will be different each time you play. It's like, oh, people probably want to do this two, three times. So that comes out in August. Um, if I've got 16 finished by then, I'll be hopping on that train again. That, that game was a lot of fun even like i mean even with the problems the stadia had i loved it so coming out on something well i mean i hope it'll be stable on the ps5 yeah. it could be amazing you'd imagine because so. it was an afterthought on the ps5 right aren't they probably just porting it at this point i would i i guess so i mean i didn't think it was coming to consoles at all and then uh the video game the summer game fest the yeah. their opening which announced which had the final fantasy 7 rebirth trailer also had the release date for um Baldur's Gate 3 and said it was coming on PS5 and I was like hot diggity damn one of the devs for that game is based in here in Dublin aren't they Larian Studios Larian Studios yeah yeah, yeah. on um I can't, I can't remember what that street's called but I passed by the other day and I was like oh damn I should <laughs> knock in hey can I have a really copy give me a chance <laughs> yeah. to play that I'm sure they love that yeah, yeah yeah um but I guess before we get into the news articles which by the way I think I mentioned to you guys before I am so underprepared for this week's yeah. episode I have links at best but we'll get through it um I guess do some housekeeping um for those of you who are only popped on to listen to the podcast now uh we do weekly episodes on basically anything we want to do with video games the kind of chats that we like to have with mates uh, and we do post shows which are kind of bonus content and you can find them on patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming so if you like what you listen to and you want that a little bit more for the price of a coffee every month hit up our patreon at patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming some people on there are already they're legends they're deadly do what they do and listen to more of our content it's great um but yes i guess we guess get to the news we got a couple of news items today and i guess the first one uh, is one uh, about our good friend hideo kojima a documentary was released this month, and this is... Uh, oh, it's already out. I thought it was just announced. Uh, it was announced, but people have seen it. I don't know if it's oh. available for us to see yet. Okay. Good question. But it was uh, It was announced people have watched it, and this is someone's... Been screened. Yeah, 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 and this is someone's okay. review. So this is by uh, Ashley uh, Barden at Kotaku.com. Um, and the Hideo, it's titled The Hideo Kojima Documentary is the Worst Kind of Fan Service. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so Hideo Kojima Connecting Worlds, PlayStation Studios and Kojima Productions' hour-long documentary on Metal Gear Solid creator Hideo Kojima is too in awe of its subject to see him clearly. Premiered at Tribeca Festival on June 17th, the documentary inflates Kojima's mythology as an untouchable auteur until it totally obscures him like a cloud. And in times when it's clear that he's only a man, it hides him again behind his work with the impressive shots of 2019's game. Death Stranding. Kojima, to his credit, seems skeptical that this was the right approach. At the Q&A following the Tribeca screening, he quickly dismissed a worshipful comment from Kojima Productions developer made in the movie, no, he's not a prophet, I don't see the future, he said, I'm just living like you. Uh, there were some mild factual inaccuracies in the movie too that appeared to needle him. In particular, there's animation sprinkled throughout, mostly representing Kojima's childhood spent living through sci-fi books, preaching how his life could be made more incredible through technology. But he grew up in the northern region of Osaka, not the southern region like the animation depicts, Kojima said during the Q&A without being prompt. 
Anyone could have known that and double-checked it had they read his essay collection, The Creative Gene, in 2021. I mean, ouch, this is a pretty... <laughs> it sounds like Kojima's doing most the uh, flaming for uh, her, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyone could have known all about little personal information the documentary offers if they were familiar enough with Kojima to have read or seen his existing writing and interviews. For example, Connecting World spent some time on Kojima identifying as a latchkey kid returning daily to an empty, unlit house because his parents were always working. A New York Times profile already discussed this in 2020. He's a hard worker. He's a sleepless genius. Connecting Worlds has um, has creative industry members like Resident Evil director Shinji Mikami, filmmaker Guillermo del Toro, and musician Grimes say repeatedly in marginally different ways. I could have looked at any Reddit thread to hear that. Uh, Kojima is obsessed with movies. The documentary eventually presents itself like a revelation. Hmm, no shit, his Twitter bio indicates with dry humor that 70% of my body is made of movies. Because of its uh, superficiality, Connecting Worlds isn't a documentary for anyone who wants to actually learn something about Kojima, his obsessive creative process, or why I can't recall seeing a single woman in any of the shots filmed in the studio. <laughs> Damn. Oh, wow, like, dragged uh, in that last comment. Like, shots fired. Um, Connecting Worlds is for the superfan who is terrified to challenge Kojima's reputation. It avoids the topic of Konami, which Kojima left behind after three decades, establishing both his career and cementing a somewhat angsty reputation altogether, and spends the majority of its runtime on cherry-picked moments from Death Stranding's production. There are several breathtaking scenes from gameplay, which enforce the idea that Kojima is creating things inconceivably larger than life. When something isn't beautiful, we see Kojima provide fastidious, fatherly guidance from over-developers' shoulders, but the camera doesn't always uh, doesn't linger on their drowsy eyes. When the camera is rolling, the atmosphere is suddenly positive, Kojima says, amusedly during one film uh, development meeting. I mean, it's not really painting any of this in a in a no. light or or nice uh, um light um the viewer is never given a reason as to why the atmosphere should be anything but happy, deferential. When not focused on a colleague's glowing testimonial or an employee's nervous endorsement, Connecting Worlds has Kojima staring uh, mirthlessly at things, pink sunsets, steel parking garages, Joy Division records. He stares at his actors wearing intricate full-body motion capture until they de deliver the performance he wants, and at computer screens until they crash. The audience laughs patiently. I keep thinking that he's scared to die. Uh, this year I'll be 60, Kojima mused during the q and I'm a little old, right? Later he said, maybe I don't have much time to live, but I want to keep making games. After that, he shyly brought up his age once more. 59-year-old guy creating a game? Isn't that something? Connecting Worlds doesn't poke this anxiety, though it ripples under its runtime like a fish in a shallow pond. I see Kojima's fear of death in his urgency and in his incredible <laughs> games. They so often melt humanity into science, into fantasy, to one form, uh, into one to form one invulnerable blob. But despite his protests, Connecting Worlds maintains that Kojima is a prophet after all. His unbelievable talent is unknowable, and unknowable things don't suffer stakes as high as death. I think it's heartless to look at a person and see only their output, not them. How terrified they insist themselves to be will begin a true fan, or to be, but being a true fan requires some denial. Yikes. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Like, was she mad at the makers of the documentary? Or, or Kojima. Himself? Yeah. Yeah, probably a bit of both sure. people. He doesn't have the best reputation among. I spontaneously just was talking about Hideo, Hideo Kojima with uh, someone at work today, and uh, he was telling me about how much of a horn dog Kojima is on his Twitter, and I was like, didn't know that. But also, having played Metal Gear Solid series, doesn't surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Something like that's like pretty sexy. Yeah, it's funny. It's um, it's the kind of thing that I mean, I. I saw Death Stranding and I was like, I do not want to play a walking simulator. Thank you very much. And I think, uh, and like, and again, I haven't played it through at all, so maybe it's unfair of me to say, but it's it's he he's the fine art video game producer, and I have very little time for 
fine art personally do you know I mean that thing where like look at this very simple thing that's just a rock but could it be more than a rock I'm like no it's probably just a rock let's leave it at that you know <laughs> uh, so yeah she's pretty uh, chastising of the entire thing that's a pretty heavy the little nod to the fact that there's no female employees as well as a little bit of a little bit of a stinger there and there as well yeah that was uh, didn't um, he roast uh, western audiences too at some point saying like because Death Stranding didn't do too well at like in the West, and he's just like, oh yeah, they, those people don't get it or something. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, Wouldn't surprise me. The guy yeah. kind of, I think the guy believes is uh, again, I don't know Kojima. Maybe this is harsh, but he strikes me as the kind of guy who uh, know uh, who believes his own mythology, the own mythology about himself. Like you know, um, but I mean, I love Metal Gear Solid. I wish According they to her, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah watch I'm it. Just a man. I'm just a man. I'm scared of dying. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a pity because you know, K- Kojima Productions is a is a relatively new thing and they have Death Stranding and I'm sure they'll have, I mean, Death Stranding 2 was already announced recently enough as well. But to ignore Konami entirely just seems like a completely and utterly wasted opportunity. Like, why not talk about that into that? Like, then said it, she said it there. Um, Our author, what was her name again? Let me pop up here from Kotaku. Um, Ashley um, Barden said it, like he was there for almost three decades, made some of the most popular, one of the most popular kind of, I suppose, spy games Stealth games ever, and not a single mention. Claims to have invented. Made his entire career, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wonder, like, there must be, like, super bad blood there. If, like, Oh, yeah. It seems like there really was. Off the back of Metal Gear 5. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seems like. I, I didn't go, I didn't deep dive the stories too much, but, yeah, because he was gone off the project before the game was finished, like, so... They, fin- they finished me- a Metal Gear Solid game without Hideo Kojima. So, yeah, that's going to be some bad blood, I imagine. He claims that through Metal Gear that he in- invented the stealth genre. So <laughs> Yeah, but he also has the... What is you're it? literally crawling under a box at one point. Like, is yeah. that, like, like I've made a cartoon. This, but what does he call it? Like, a Death Stranding is a strand-type game? Oh, what, yeah. You whatever the a, fuck that means. <laughs> like, invented you know. a genre for it. Yeah, yeah. Missed, missed opportunity. Missed I opportunity, think. yeah. I, it's kind of, yeah, it makes me, the fact that Hideo dogs in it as well makes me really not want to watch this. I The idea of Hideo Kojima documentary sounds amazing to me because he is, I think he's a really interesting guy. But, um, and so I'd love to know more. And his, I, I don't know if you guys have listened to his podcast, but his podcast is actually great. Like, really well produced. He's a very blunt guy, so like he, he very much lets you inside his own brain. Um, and I'd love to see a documentary that actually did a good job of like journalistically with some, with some solid like journalistic integrity. It was able to delve into his life and tell us a bit. When I heard about uh, this documentary, when we yeah. were talking about articles for this episode, that's what I was kind of hoping for. Yeah. Oh, a deep dive into the, the mind of a genius, maybe? Yeah, but, but nobody, <laughs> yeah, nobody wants what that I is. Mean, we've, we've seen where he goes with Metal Gear. so. But yeah. it's it's interesting that, that she goes on to talk about the, you know, or he, he even mentions that everybody's smiling when the cameras are on. And she almost talks about how people are nervously giving their glowing testimonials about him. I'm like, oh, a vibes of a pretty, maybe not so nice place. Yeah, to, to work. work. No, I, I'm not there. And does she complained. even know if it's the opposite? There? Exactly. Like, yeah. 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 Maybe. Maybe Ashley doesn't like Hideo Kojima at all. Who knows? But that was that was interesting. But yes, I thought massively a missed opportunity to not go into what essentially made that guy's career, which was Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Um, now, what else we got on the list? Because I'm just hitting the links here, guys. I am so under. Oh, next up is the Xbox Game Showcase. Oh, cool. So this, uh, I've got an article here from IGN that kind of lists out the games. This is 
put together by Logan Plant. And I think I've actually simplified the list a little bit on one of my documents here. Bear with me a moment. Okay, so here's the full rundown of the games that appeared on the showcase. And I'll maybe highlight a couple of ones that might be worth talking about. Uh, in no particular order, we got the announcement of Fable with no release date. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right out of left field. Yep. Yeah, it really was. Uh, Cyberpunk DLC releasing September 26th, avowed to be released in 2024. The Xbox Series S one terabyte and a more compact. So I guess, I mean, it's not really a pro, more just a larger memory Xbox. Uh, releasing first September, we got a Starfield trailer prior to the Starfield uh, Direct. Uh, we got the game South of Midnight, uh, Ubisoft's Star Wars Outlaws with a 2024 release date and uh, confirmation that it's open world. Forza Motorsport uh, being released October 10th this year. Clockwork Revolution. Uh, that's cool. that's from the same guys that did uh, is it Bioshock and stuff. No, uh, looks similar to that. It kind of looks like Bloodborne almost, to be honest. Um. That looks very, very yeah, cool. I, I can't remember who developed it. Um, after that, we got Metaphor Re-Fantasio, releasing in 2024, which is the new game from the guys who did Persona 5. Yeah. Uh, 33 Immortals, coming 2024. Payday 3, with a, a release date of September Payday 21st. Payday 3, also a little I, out of left field. Did, I don't even remember seeing that one. I don't. You didn't see Payday 3? I no, thought you would have been a shit. Payday guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Payday 3 cool. trailer. They yeah. dropped, the mask started popping up, and I'm like... Is there, are they like remaking a pay? Is there a payday sequel? And I saw that and I was like, fuck, okay. Payday 2 is cute. Like, they, they still, a lot of people glorify it as one of the best sandboxes of all time. I think it's payday. I might be wrong, but there's some wacky yeah. shit you can do in the game, apparently. And I'd say this one would be just as well. I mean, the, the trailer looked quite as good. No gameplay, though, if I remember correctly. Just a trailer. Just an answer. Yeah, trailer, cinematic trailer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got Persona 3 Reload, which is a remake of Persona 3. We got Persona 5 Tactica, which is a tactical Persona 5. Which was also announced as an exclusive, and now it's coming out for the Direct. So. Oh, for the Nintendo Switch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exclusive, my ass. Yeah. Um, we got The Sea of Thieves, The Legend of Monkey Island. Nice crossover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that looked cute. Yeah, uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024 with the Dune crossover. Yeah. An interesting take. The Dune uh, crossover, I think, was for... 2023 or whatever the current one is oh and then but they also announced yeah, yeah. that it was coming 2024 yeah. the new one uh, we've got senua's saga hellblade with a release date of 2024 actually looks good yeah yeah uh, like a dragon infinite wealth 2024 <laughs> that trailer did nothing for me oh, at man. all it was great the people is that the yakuza one yeah, yeah. Where yeah. he wakes up naked on a, a beach? beach yeah, yeah. the yeah. yakuza spin-off series uh like a dragon following one of the side characters from the main line yakuza series or from oh, like one of the main characters no it's know. it where well, he was a side character who's very like rambunctious side character in the mainline yeah. story and he got his own spin-off series that is apparently like the first game they released for it was very well received so yeah I, yeah i hear people going uh nuts about these accused games oh. i got a buddy at work yeah. convincing me he's like you have to buy this game it's on yeah. sale right now steam sale go buy it and i was like i don't know man it looks yeah. pretty nutty there's so many of them <laughs> i'm super into the idea of them i just haven't put the time in but it's like a series where you're like a yakuza guy and there's like a whole epic dramatic story that plays out and you're going around fighting and doing all these like crazy things but it's it it makes its reputation in all the side stuff you can do so there's mad fishing games there's karaoke games there's like <laughs> yeah, rc car tournaments you can take part in and like 
The sumo everything too, you could I imagine. Think, right? Wasn't there? What? I thought there was a sumo scene too. Yeah, yeah sumo, probably. Any, yeah. any like hobby you can think of in the real world, Yakuza has done a whole like side game version of it in, within their game. Nuts for that kind of thing. But yeah, that was a cool announcement too, I thought. Well, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was that classic uh, thing where he's obviously naked, but they did whatever they could to not <laughs> to, show to you. To cover it up. Yeah, but like in, in quite funny ways. I was like, that's, that's, that's entertaining. And then Fallout 76, we got the Atlantic City expansion. Um, I don't think they gave a date for that one. But again, does nothing for me. Path of the Goddess, that new kind of like weird alien samurai from Capcom. He's... Oh, yeah. Quite, yeah. Art, quite art, artsy, I think it looked anyway. Yeah. Uh, Towerborn which I can't actually remember what Terraborn was, but we did get Still Wakes the Deep, which looks like that horror one on the oil rig, which I thought would probably be right that up your street. Yeah, Chris. yeah, that, that was, one looked real cool. Because at first he was just scrambling to get the rig open. I was like, oh, this looks cool. And he's like, by the way, you're being chased. I was like, awesome. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's I'm my kind this. of game. <laughs> at least one of the devs working on that is one of the studios behind Amnesia. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Which Amnesia's, is why it looks exactly like yeah. Amnesia kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Then we got Dungeons of Hinterburg, which I think was like a was a card game that they've turned into like a 3D top-down kind of strategy game. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online Necrom, I guess more uh, Elder Scrolls Online stuff. We got Cities and Skylines 2 with a release date of, date of October 24th. I'm actually oh, yeah. pretty psyched about that. A lot of people are, love Cities and Skylines. I've never played it personally, even though it looks like something I might actually like. I got, I got really deep into it one time, especially during COVID, because like I had nothing but time. But I got so into it that I was uh, naming like individual streets. So I would build a little section and I would make sure I named my individual streets and this street has a cycle lane and all that type of stuff. But I was really like like hyper focused. And I think I got Kev onto playing Cities and Skylines too. and we were watching this uh, YouTube video of a guy who kind of, he is, his job is like, I think he does city planning as part of a job somewhere in the States. Mm. So he's, he was talking about um, like the importance of X, Y, and Z when building a city yeah. and showing it through Cities and Skylines, which is very entertaining. That's- uh, that's kind of how I like heard about the game because I was watching people like actually explain city planning through this game and just like concepts like uh, the the single line city and mm-hmm. then there's also the uh, the Tesla dam or whatever where you build it and like on certain angles with uh, like divots and it's supposed to prevent like tsunamis. It'll just like push it back out to the water. Oh, People were cool. like testing it. This is pretty wild. Yeah, this is a video game. But I got, uh, I got way too too lost in the minutiae of it all because I went to say to Kev, oh, like send me a little screenshot, a little video of, of how your cities and skyline city is progressing. And he had a fucking metropolis and I was here with like the suburbs was all I had put together. Like <laughs> yeah. I spent so much time on the minutiae. Like, you you know. got your own little neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was all. But I'm like, because graphically it looks, um, looks very very good and i think there was that people were talking about what they could see in that trailer again it happened way too quick for me to see but people talked about lots of quality of life improvements like in terms of doing sewage and water and road building is all made a lot easier and, and less um i guess just just frustrating and the last thing they announced before they went into the starfield direct was a game called juicent which is that kind of climbing game which oh, yeah. actually looks really really yeah, good that looks so good yeah Ooh, sorry what was it called juicent Okay, J U S A N T, I think. There's another one that just came out, um, pretty popular on Twitch right now, despite it not actually being reviewing too well. It's called Just Up. All you do is go up. Just go up. You're just trying to climb. Could be good. 
But I mean, there's a couple of um, big hitters in that, I have to say. Uh, Fable, for one, was something I wasn't expecting. I was always hoping that they do. I mean, we played Fable, Luke, when we were really young in your house, mm-hmm. on your Xbox. Um, but to have uh, Richard Iowadi, is that how you? Yeah, 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 yeah. To have him, like, I love that. Oh, I loved how yeah. they did that scene that he was just, like, like he's being interviewed, and it turns out he's actually the giant. The giant. Yeah, which yeah. is very, very clever. Um, so that looks great. Uh, what else am I excited for? The Cyberpunk DLC looked fantastic. Uh, Starfield, they did. That's it. not special to Xbox, though. So no, no. It's cool that it got dropped yeah. there. But. Mm. I'm trying to think of what else they have. I mean, the Starfield trailer Starfield and, the, and the, the direct looked unbelievable. Yeah. Looks so good. I'm just my biggest disappointment is because it's going to be a huge, massive game, but it's also only single player, and I just don't want to sit there for like 80 hours by myself exploring space. It's just interestingly eh. enough, because I, I saw that, I think I spoke to we put it up in the group chat, and I was saying, man, you know, the the X, as as much as it pains me to admit, the Xbox showcase blew the PlayStation one out of the water, and especially with that Starfield, I was like, that's the kind of thing that could actually make me either sign up to Games Pass or just buy an Xbox to play Starfield. But uh, what's the fella, the guy behind us? You know oh, the... Uh, Todd Howard. Todd uh, Howard. He did a Q&A with um, the kind of funny guys again. And during, uh Like not long after that was announced, yeah. Nice. But the interesting thing about that was they are talking about how it's uh, stuck at, I think it's 30 FPS. Uh, no, I think he's... 60, but he's Sorry. adamant that like you never go higher than that. Never go like, higher than he's, that. He's and been like that for years, I think. Yeah, and then he also said that of all because there's thousands of planets, but he was like probably 10 percent or less actually have life on them. And then there was people talking about what they believe. Like people put screenshots based on kind of what he what he had said. They put screenshots of what they believe the graphics would actually actually look like compared to the direct. And it's kind of dampened my spirits a little bit on it because I mean Bethesda is kind of a little bit known for the reveals being a little bit grander than the game. But if it's anything like what we saw in, the, in that Xbox showcase or the Starfield Direct, um, ugh, like the I Ultimate mean, the, Space game. The shipbuilding looked so cool. The, the ship crew. Yeah. It's All I've ever wanted was to pull together my own crew and <laughs> go out. Yeah, I, I would build one of those uh, like aliens from like uh, Galaga or something. Just the Oh, just one of Because they had like a Transformer, look, like an Optimus Prime yeah, looking thing yeah. in the trailer, which is actually quite clever just to show uh, people what they think. But Luke, based on that showcase, are you excited for what xbox has to offer over the next i mean that they didn't announce anything further away than 2024 so like next 12 months you happy with what xbox looks like it's doing yeah thousand percent i mean we talked about it a bit before when we talked about the phil spencer interview and oh yeah i was already very happy with the direction that xbox was going and now they've just dropped a bunch of games that i'm just gonna have on my console <laughs> as they release and that's yeah incredibly sick like all those games that you're excited for are coming to game pass service i already have day one would just be there and you can pre-install them and all that kind of stuff so yeah like starfield i'm quite excited for i'm not 70 quid excited for it i'm not even 60 quid excited for it but i'm like 12 yeah quid we'll probably excited get to for more it. of those games um yeah on this through this episode yes mm. yeah i say we will but yeah no it's it's sick and i love how much again like one of the things i praise about microsoft and xbox i love how much focus there was on games like jusant and the the creepy one on the oil rig and stuff like that like there's just massive variety um, of gameplay experiences on the Xbox and have all that dropped in my lap. I have for years now, I felt spoiled by what like Microsoft and Xbox have done for me as a gamer. And that looks like it's just continuing. And yeah, absolutely sick. I'm delighted. Way to go, Xbox. The next one is I'm not going to go straight into a Nintendo Direct. Let's not get too bogged down with lists of games, but I'll come back to that one in a second. What I will want to do is I saw this um, pop up on my uh, head, you know, my 
streams and stuff like that, uh, Chris, and I said I couldn't do a news episode without bringing uh, to you rumors of a possible Final Fantasy VI remake. Yeah, this is actually uh, the first I've heard of it, like just before now, this episode. Now, I say, I, I, see, I'm not, I, I don't mean to get your hopes up. It was just an interesting article that I read on, like, because you... Often we always talk about Final Fantasy VII being the ultimate Final Fantasy, and we're loving the remake that we're getting currently. And you've always stood by six as six being is the best. The best. Final yeah. Fantasy, yeah. So uh, I'll read this. This is on coming from GamesRadar.com, and it is by uh, Hyrule Cryer, and it is Final Fantasy XVI remake would be difficult, but Square Enix staff want it to happen. So Final Fantasy VI remake would be difficult, according to one Square, X, Square Enix developer. Speaking during a roundtable interview on Square Enix's YouTube channel to promote the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster collection, Yoshinori Kitase uh, shed some light on a potential Final Fantasy VI remake. I think Final Fantasy VI remake would be difficult, the veteran de- developer said when asked about the prospect. Kitase's mind is still clearly on the Final Fantasy VII remake trilogy in a lead producer role. The Square Enix veteran, therefore, isn't able to give a potential Final Fantasy VI remake a lot of thought right now, but he reveals that even plenty of people within Square Enix uh, themselves often ask him for a remake of the sixth Final Fantasy game. Final Fantasy creator uh, Hironobu uh, Sakaguchi then stepped up on behalf of all Final Fantasy VI fans around the world. The former Square Enix veteran sort of jokingly pushed Katase on a potential remake, and Katase replied that it's really not a simple game to make. This is a pure speculation on our part, but how would, he, how would one even go about remaking the train suplex? I'm sure you remember that scene from the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. How, how do you remember that? I've done it many <laughs> times. Um, not that there aren't millions of fans in the world that would appreciate seeing a train getting suplexed in high-definition, cutting-edge graphics, but it'd be no easy thing to pull off. A recent rumor claimed that Final Fantasy IX Remake is in the works at Square Enix, so Final Fantasy VI fans might be waiting even longer than the third part of the remake trilogy uh, for a shot at their favorite game in the series being born anew. Until then, you can always pick up Final Fantasy VI standalone in the Pixel Remaster series, which is available on PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch platforms. Chris, a Final Fantasy VI remake, what does that look like to you? I mean, first I want to address the fact that they kept saying like it, it wouldn't be easy because proof of the Final Fantasy VII remake is that it could be easy. Um... The real hard part is kind of like staying true to the original and not like losing the original's charm because the seven was completely different. Like that's all you'd have to do: take the same characters, um, get the same general story, but you could you could put it on rails like that. Like it would be easy to build. It's just would it be worth it? Like would the old fans want to see it in that style? Um, would you want to see it in that? Like, I mean, if a Final Fantasy sixteen or six came like a Final Fantasy seven, like like we're, we're getting with Final Fantasy seven, is that the way you'd want to see it reborn? Um, definite, definite, serious like graphical improvements. Maybe just like a top down over the shoulder, like we've been seeing for years. But I definitely wouldn't want to see it on rails. I would want to see the world map. Yeah. Um, I was about to say come back, but remain as it was like back then. Yeah. Um, and but there's other like liberties they could take, like obviously suplexing a train in full 3D is, <laughs> and, and that's a bit over the top. But they could work in like a cool cutscene where like Sabin just stops the train, like a Goku or something, or like Superman just yeah. like knocks it off its rails with a just like, make it a little bit more check. reasonable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it could still go full anime, but not like picking up an entire train and dropping it. So. Yeah, I think there, and I think there's a lot of potential with this. Um, the other issue is with the scale of these games and what they want to build, like graphically. Um, the roster would probably have to get trimmed down too, which would suck. 
I mean, there's some throwaway characters they wouldn't necessarily. What is there? Is there twelve or something like that? In there's twelve. There's 12. three full teams of four. I think there might be a couple secret characters after that, but can't remember the actual count. Yeah, it's a lot. Because one of the things that I've really enjoyed about the Seven remake is that they've come out on Twitter, the producers and everything like that, and they've said you can expect us to develop all of the individual characters' stories, which I'm really excited about because my worry was a lot of that stuff might get cut. But that's probably a massive ask when you've got a roster which is double the size and then some potentially exactly, if you're talking about yeah. secret characters, etc. So, so watch the space, Chris. You just got to live through a, a, a seven part two, a seven part three, a five that's nine. That's the other thing too is I, I don't like the idea of breaking it up into parts. Like if they're going to sell me Final Fantasy VI, I want it in one, maybe two installments, the world of balance and the world of ruin because as you know, like, you played yep. the games, right? I have. Yeah. I have not. Oh, okay. So not. halfway through the game, is thing, it, it, things isn't change. No, it's a, well, it depends on how much content you do in, in that section of the game because yep. you can kind of rush that. But uh, yeah, that would be the, the natural stopping point. But I'd still rather it in just like one One, section. Yeah, you don't want to wait. Like, I mean, it would be a total of probably 12 years in the making, yeah. uh, like the seven remake malarkey, you know? Hey, I'm in, man. I'm, I watched that yeah, Rebirth I trailer, I and I was like, "Yeah, you can you can hook it to my veins." Uh, the next one is a is a is a article that Luke you brought to our attention. I kind of thought, "Wow, wow." I thought I was being too harsh for a while, but no, it's I, I'm right back where I was. So this is all to do with um, uh, CD Projekt Red coming out saying that Cyberpunk 2077's launch wasn't that bad, and this is coming from Gamespot.com by Claire Lewis. Oh, God, I can't believe they did this. Cyberpunk 2077's launch wasn't nearly as bad as reviews made it out to be, at least according to CD Projekt Red's vice president of public relations, uh, Michael Platko-Gowelski. I think I probably butchered that. Um, in a recent interview... Probably his first job. He was just like, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, please believe me. <laughs> it was good, right? Uh, in a recent interview with GamesIndustry.biz via Kotaku, um, Platko Kowalski um, chalked up the game's poor reception to bandwagoning, stating that at some point it became cool, quote-unquote, to hate the game. Uh, I actually believe Cyberpunk on launch was way better than it was received, he said. And even the first reviews were positive. Then it became a cool thing not to like it. We went from hero to zero really fast. That was the tough moment. We didn't no, know what was happening. The cool thing was to review it well because it would, had been so anticipated for so long. And then people were like, enough of this shit. Like, this is a broken game. People yeah. couldn't get out menus, constant like, data corruption, and, like yeah. game crashes. It was an awful release. And to yeah. say anything otherwise is just crazy. Historically Fashion bad crazy. because it's the, well, it's the first game for Sony to release, to change their refund policy oh, for specifically. The article gets onto Sony's stance on it as That's well, which go. I mean is, 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 is case in point. Uh, in reality, the game was so poorly received, Sony felt compelled to remove it from the PlayStation Store just days after it launched. The game was only added back to Sony's digital storefront after developers spent over six months working to improve the game. But despite his comments, Patka Wilskida did acknowledge that the game had its fair share of issues and assured players that the studio is committed to delivering a quality product, even if the initial showing was rather lackluster. The COVID-19 pandemic started when we were still making Cyberpunk, he says, but now we have the time to work on these tools to develop them to create best practices. Uh, it's an interesting time. Uh, the studio is currently preparing for the launch. They have the time now. Like, that doesn't make <laughs> sense either. I mean, you're still working from home and oh, I don't get it. 
The studio is currently preparing for the launch of Cyberpunk 2077's first DLC, Phantom Liberty, which is set to release on September 26, 2023, and is available for pre-order now. The DLC offers the studio a unique opportunity to earn a second chance from players who were initially put off by the game's rocky launch, and CD Projekt Red is taking full advantage of this. At the same time as this DLC, we knew we wanted to work on Cyberpunk and make not just a great expansion, but also improve a lot of things in the base game. Um, Platko Gusi said of the DLC's development. It was quite a journey, but right now I'm just excited to see what people say when they start playing. Though it's only available on current-gen platforms, the Phantom Liberty DLC introduces another character to the game who is played by a Hollywood actor, Idris Elba in this case. But behind all the hype, um, Platko Gusi says the development team is committed to fixing more of the game's issues. For me, as the person responsible for communication, I want to rebuild the connection with gamers because we had people following us for years and they were disappointed in the launch. Um, Platko Gusi explained, that for me is the biggest thing. We have to make the game for them. Uh, I have, like, we had, and it's funny because we had to do, it was one of the actual podcasts that the three of us did here in the apartment again. We, I couldn't book the room. And it was early days as well, one of our first news ones. And I was, like, very heavily critical on Cyberpunk's Labor launch. Love uh, mm. Award. Mm-hmm. It was the Labor yes, Love Award. Yes, well you know, Since it's fresh in my mind right now, uh, CD Projekt Red comes out and announces that, you know what, this big DLC we've been pushing for a while, free update because we fucked up so bad. What are your thoughts on it winning Labor of Love in that point? If the DLC is free? Yeah. I mean, if they win Labor of Love again this year? No, I mean, they've already I mean, won it. But if they won it because of something like that. If, if the DLC that they released was of high quality and released it for free, much of me and Andrew had a great chat last week about No Man's Sky and how they made so much DLC that was for free to actually give you the game that you deserved at the beginning and then some for yeah. free. Yeah. Um, CD, CD Projekt Red has put a lot of time into... Making like, the game they promised. Yeah, or, or just, <laughs> just fixing because the, the whole map of the world was there and everything like that, but just none of it worked. So they spent a lot of time fixing it, I guess, as opposed to actually building on it. And if it became free, uh, Chris, I might consider the labor like a, a good redemption, but it won't be free. And I can't, like, like quotes like this, messages like this being released by the, by the head <laughs> of marketing uh, and communication, it's, it's so tone deaf. To say that it was just a cool thing to jump on the bad mic, and, and my, my argument always comes down to, I'm in an, in an incredibly privileged position that if a game comes out for 60 quid I'm, and I want it, I'm usually in a situation where it doesn't take much thought and I can go and buy it. I'm incredibly privileged to be like that. Not many people are, and a lot of people would scrimp and save and have to put whatever they can together to buy yeah. the game that they want for 60 quid. Just and wait if, until Steam sales, like 60% <laughs> off right but now. Chris, no, and like, no, and like, that's, that's, that's like a, a smart financial thing, of course. But when you see, and this is what I mean about, this is why I'm a little bit nervous about Starfield, but when you see the kind of release and the build-up to the release that Cyberpunk had, they were releasing trailers and... Uh, you know, images and in-game stuff that wasn't really true to form at all. It was essentially false advertising because that was not what we got. Where were the review copies for like that or like demos? They didn't. They Demo, didn't. Like, they didn't give any review copies. They I weren't mean, allowed. Yeah. Well, I wonder why. Yeah. That, yeah that's yeah, yeah. a red flag right there. And yeah. same with like we have to go back to the old days of demo. Demos always have to be available. Yeah. And like I mean, I played the demo of Final Fantasy 16 and knew I was going to be in for a good time. Because they released yeah. that and gave us a bit of time. And I knew what I was getting, I'd, I'd get the money for. But yes, like, it should be, if it's a big blockbuster like that, maybe they're forced to be like, here's a taster of the first hour of the game so you know it's not fucked. Yeah, you kind of, you knew that that was the case with 16 because you knew that you'd have a save file that would transfer over. But uh, they kind of botched it with 15 where they had a little side quest from the game and they kind of embellished it a lot for the yes, demo. And it wasn't, yeah. wasn't an accurate reflection of even how that quest played out. In yeah. The, 
in the real game. Because so that was be, the the Behemoth. Yeah, the Behemoth hunting quest. Yes. Totally side quest. Well, Final Fantasies have historically done that. Like when you get to the end of the demo or something, it's a completely different boss that's actually supposed to be there. Yeah. Like I remember the Final Fantasy VII demo back in the day was the first mission. The bombing mission, yeah, mm-hmm. and like the end boss was totally different. You had different spells and stuff. Interesting. Tiff, uh, Tiff was part of the par- party at that point. When, I didn't know. Where she's not. It's, only, it's yeah. only you and Barrett, yeah. yeah. Um, but they actually did to try and curry favor back over uh, with the public. Going back to CD Projekt Red, um, the the way I first played Cyberpunk was I think it was about a year after the release, or maybe mm-hmm. like six months, nine months after the release. They made it available. They made a demo version available of Cyberpunk, whereby you could download the full game and you could play it for six hours for free. Is yeah. what they gave out, and that that's what got me to Perfect. buy buy Cyberpunk eventually. Uh, not even then, because I played six hours and there's still loads of bugs and glitches. Like one of the guys walked into a shelf and papers just went all over the screen, like exploded and. I mean, that's through. too bad. That even has like a charm to it. I'm talking it does, about yeah. like... Well, what, what, what yeah. killed it for me, which is why I, I still haven't returned to it. I mean, I have a copy on the PS5. Um, my brother's, he's he's playing it and he's really enjoying it at the minute. Uh, not Andrew, my other brother, Graham. And um, I wish I could give it that chance, but it was like crashing my PlayStation 4. Like I got it originally for the PlayStation 4 because the PS5 wasn't out when it was released. And I would play it and I would go out to that little open world, I mean, the map essentially, and all of a sudden everyone would, boom, strike a T-pose and I get a blue screen and my whole PS4 would shut down and I'd have to like reboot everything. And like, fine if you've got your bugs, but if it's crashing your console... Oh, it, come on. It wasn't that bad. PR just told us. So. <laughs> <laughs> PR just told I was just being hip to the cool <laughs> yeah, with the cool yeah, cats, yeah. you know, ragging on the game. But that's, you know, this is... Uh, do I think it would lo- deserve labor love? Not if that's their attitude. Not if they still haven't been okay. humbled by the experience. That's yeah, fair. That's I, I think that's fair as well. Interesting that you brought up that you played it originally on the PS4 because I didn't even realize that, but as part of that article, you said the Phantom Liberty DLC is only coming out on current-gen consoles. Yeah. It's not coming out for any PS4, Xbox One but they, they did owners the, of the game. They did the same with Horizon Forbidden West. The DLC was only available for PS5 users really? as well. Yeah, which I guess is kind of... Because it's funny, I think we're in a period of time where COVID and the pandemic really affected... Like, there's two years of these kind of ne- this current gen's life cycle that didn't really count because production was, uh, like done so badly or so poorly or it caused so many issues you've got a lot of a lot of games that are like you know the end of one console's life cycle to the beginning of the next but horizon came out you know a good while into the ps5's life cycle like two years afterwards but it was still considered like the end of the ps4 to the beginning of the ps5 because you could play it on both and then the dlc was like now we're going to focus on what we're actually capable of doing yeah it's a weird game it's a weird way of doing it because obviously they're leaning hard on the hardware features of the new console for... I don't even think it's... I think they're leaning a bit lightly, but they still want people to buy both the game and the console. I think it's they, a marketing thing. And it's, it's a thing yeah. where, yeah, because uh, especially with the game like Horizon, because um, it only released... I'm surprised it didn't actually include this news article, but maybe it was only released over the weekend, possibly. So it's a July piece, but they there was leaked reports that actually had the cost of what it took to develop Horizon, what it took to develop The Last of Us Part Two, And they're over, like, well over the 200 million mark. So you got to make your money back. I mean, if you made Horizon exclusively PS5 and you have all that um, production issue or like availability issues of the PS5, how much money are you going to make back on Horizon yeah. being exclusive and to PS5? And you to sell the PS5s and not have people just play the PS4s for a couple months later because all these good games are scheduled to come out on the PS4, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a... Yeah, it is. It's a dumb way of doing things. But yeah. but yeah, just just as I was forgiving CD Projekt Red in my heart, 
Yeah. Well, fuck, fuck that person. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that guy. That one that guy, guy in particular. particular. I know it was probably just like, it's not like they came out with a press release and said this. It was probably more a case that this person, the head of uh, communications, said this and uh, with a journalist in the room who just licked their lips uh, and was like, yeah. sorry, could you repeat that? And I was yeah. hoping it would be just some disgruntled dev drunk in a bar and he was like ah it wasn't that bad guys and then suddenly it blew up into but no the the vp of communication wow yeah. wow we yeah it wasn't that bad it became cool it became a cool thing not to <laughs> like cyberpunk it'd be cool if you made the fucking game right but like anyway i digress we'll go on to our last one which is uh we'll kind of run through this list quickly but we were blessed with directs and we we can't there's not enough time to cover all the directs we had like a capcom forward a ubisoft presents uh annapurna uh interactive uh, showcase xbox and uh, and now we'll go on to our uh, Nintendo Directs one. So let me just get the list up here for you, fellas. Where are we? Whoops, I didn't even save that link. You can tell I'm really, really prepared. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I've got it now. I've got it. So the list of things we have. And I thought that was actually quite a good Nintendo Direct. But what did make me sad was, uh, I don't know if you guys felt it as well after watching it, but to me it struck me as like the death knell for the Nintendo Switch. It was like, this is the last push of things we're giving the Nintendo Switch because it's what, seven years old now, right? They, they, they have to be getting ready to announce whatever their new console is, their new hardware. Maybe. Right, yeah. So I'll go down through the list of what we got. So this is... Um, where did I get this? I got this from Eurogamer.net um, by Ed Nightingale. Uh, after the release of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Nintendo's Switch Slate was looking a little bare bones for the rest of 2023. But after today's Nintendo Direct, we have a much clearer picture of what's still to come, with a look at Pikmin 4, a head, uh, headline in the showcase, plus reveals of a Super Mario RPG remake and a brand new 2D Mario game. Uh, first, though, Nintendo showed a fresh look at the forthcoming Pokemon Scarlet uh, and Violet DLC heading to Switch later this year. Uh, the hidden treasure of Area Zero DLC for Pokemon Scarlet uh, and Violet um, did you... I mean, you, you got Scarlet or Violet, right, Chris? Uh, I got Violet, yeah. Didn't finish it, though. Uh, do you have any interest in... I've never... Like, I had Sword and Shield 2 and X and Y. I don't think X and Y had post-game DLC. No, it was 3DS, so... Maybe. Yeah, okay. Well, but, uh, anyways, I'm not buying these, like... Because like, they're, like, full price almost. And it's just, like, DLC yeah. to extra areas. And, like, you can catch more Pokemon over here. It is one of the... <laughs> Fuck <laughs> sakes. I, I talked into this one for the new ones. Like... <laughs> I, I think a lot of those DLCs are one of the rare cases on the Nintendo Switch store where you can get them in a sale or you can get them as part of a bundle. If you don't own the game already, you can be like, oh, I'll get the Skyland Violet plus the DLCs. Um, and it's they usually do two DLCs this time. So is this the first ring of dlc coming out for scarlet and violet yes this is the yes. first ring of dlc yeah and it's coming in two parts i don't, I don't think they're released at the same time there was oh, okay. a a cool like it looked like a kind of like a japanese kind of rural area that you go to and there's kind of a festival going on and there's some mysterious pokemon stuff and the second one was this cool um school out in the middle of the ocean where you can train your pokemon in a certain way and there's a cool battle area that includes all of the uh, biomes all in one place. Oh, okay. Actually quite good. But again, uh, modern day Pokemon's games do not interest me whatsoever. <laughs> not but, even a little. But I mean, like a good opener, I mean, because Pokemon's such a moneymaker for them, so I absolutely understand why they uh, opened it with that. And uh, next we were met with Sonic Superstars, the new 2D side-scroller, and it's heading to Nintendo Looks Switch. Looks so dope. Mm -hmm. And four-player. Yeah. Which to me actually is a bit mental. And it's not just useless 
uh, tails as the second player. Right? <laughs> they all look like they could do, do new stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Knuckles can. He's got the special power that other girl, Amy, is Amy Louise. Is that the Amy Rose? Amy Rose. Amy Rose. Rose. Yeah, that looks great, and it's a real nice um, art style for it as well. It's mm-hmm. kind of I liked how they brought out the it was the Sonic Mania kind of animation into the more oh, modern yeah. look. It was quite a good reveal. I haven't seen this one. Yeah, sounds cool. Um, after that, we got free to play Life Sim Palia that was heading to switch this winter. I mean, another... Oh, another my God, these farm <laughs> simulators. They need to cool it down. I was like, surely over the past year, we've seen the trailer for this exact game because we've seen so many farm simulators. I was watching uh, Maximilian Dude. Just stop. You can't top Stardew. Yeah. Just that's, give up. That is Don't the best try. Yeah. <laughs> but Maximilian Dude was watching this and he was like, oh, oh, a, a life sim? Cool. And then as he the, the trailer was going on, he was saying things like, have we got fishing? Oh, we do. Yeah. Okay. Is there farming? Oh, okay. Have I seen this all before? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, free to play, so we can't complain too much, I guess. Um, oh, we will. Stop us. That's what we're here for. Uh, and then we got Persona Five Tactica, which was also announced for the Xbox. Yeah, Xbox exclusive. <laughs> the Xbox yeah. exclusive. Can't wait yeah. to play it on Switch. <laughs> uh, then we got Myth Force, which launched on Nintendo Switch later this year, uh, with its kind of not '90s uh, weekend cartoon vibe, and I actually quite like the look of that. Myth, if you remember it. Myth 4. Myth oh, Force. Oh, I remember 90s. Oh, Didn't Myth they promote Force. it as like 90s Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, guy yeah, who was uh, narrating it was like, are you all ready to play the, you know, your... The video game of like your '90s yeah, cartoons because yeah. it's got um it's got vibes of like He Man yeah, yeah, and everything yeah, like I that. Is. This now yeah. now it, in terms of the gameplay, it doesn't look like it's my kind of loop, but I mean it was a fun fun trailer. Looks like a fun game, uh, and then you'll be guys you'll be really excited for this because the next thing that was announced uh, was the next uh, Splatfest and what the next Splatfest theme will be. And the next Splatfest theme is ice cream flavors. Are you vanilla, strawberry, or mint chip? And uh, you can decide that on the 15th to the 17th of July. Out of curiosity, are you, are you vanilla, strawberry, or mint chip, Luke? What's your... Mint chip. Bro, I can't wait for Splatfest. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you even have Splatoon? Oh, that's what it's about? <laughs> yeah. Never <laughs> mind. I was talking about something different. Ignore what I just said. <laughs> Strike that for the record. Right, what are you, Chris? I mean, if it's going to be my colors in game, definitely mint chip. But are we talking like... Oh, no, flavors. You, no, so you... Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. A, I'm a boring person, man. I'm a, I'm vanilla. I'm, I, yeah, I'm on your team, man. Yeah. There's nothing but nicer than a than a good strong vanilla. And you it know? goes, it pairs so well with other trees. No such thing yeah, as strong really. vanilla. You guys are lame. Um, <laughs> I'll, there is... I'll beat you with the Splatfest, and we'll see which which <laughs> flavor <laughs> wins. Luke. We'll throw it out at the Splatfest. <laughs> Hell yeah! There like was uh, I was in uh, Tokyo in November, and they go hard on the Splatoon marketing over in Tokyo. Big favorite uh, in Japan, and they had these. Like little game ads would pop up on the on the train systems. <laughs> I don't know why I can't pick my words at the moment. Get game ads on the train systems. <laughs> they had a little game pop up every now and then, and it was like a Splatoon Splatoon themed game where the characters would run around painting colored lines, and you had to guess which one of them would fill mo- the most of the screen before oh, the funny. end of the ad. And it was sick. It was it was always the same answer. So after watching it once, I got the answer, and then that well, was, you a, it was, was a cool concept. When strangers got onto the train, you're like, I'm. I think I think it's going to be, you know, <laughs> that <laughs> one. I think go, I know this. Go up to a Japanese salary man, like, bro, bro, I, I got this. <laughs> I got blue. blue I am ow, <laughs> blue. <laughs> I am going to uh, pause the podcast for a moment while I fix my uh, mic stand, which I just caught as it fell over. So bear with me for a second, <laughs> fellas. Be right back. While I, yeah, yeah, be right back. 
All right, and we're back. We made it, and we're still recording, I think. Yeah, looks good. Uh, Luke and Chris, you still with me? Yeah, yes. I think so. Yeah, I can cut all this out in the post-production. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> well, well, uh, we'll leave it. <laughs> it's all good. It's all Pro- part of the process. Pro- professionalism, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's... Um, oh, next one was a good one. The long-awaited Detective Pikachu Returns. Did you see the trailer for the that one? Movie trailer, is it? No, no it's, it's a, a new game. game. A game. Yeah. So the, the Ryan Reynolds t- Detective Pikachu was based off uh, a game that came out years ago, and everyone wanted them to make the next one. Uh, but I have a serious problem with his voice. Do you remember? He has like a really deep, like it's kind of like they were like, oh, what Ryan Reynolds did was very funny. Let's go another step further and give Pikachu this real, like, deep kind of oh yes, echo sorry, voice, yes. whatever. I think I do remember this from the release. I mean. I'm happy for the fans, but it, it did nothing for me, no, unfortunately. Absolutely not. Um, what else we got? Oh, Give me the next Pokemon Snap. Oh, I'd be pretty stoked. <laughs> You'll take that one for sure. Um, we got then the remake of the SNES classic Super Mario RPG, and it's on its way. This one I was so stoked for, but then I realized my issue after when I looked it up and see what that pre-order was, and you already mentioned it in the show, is... It's not a 60-year-old game. It's, is, that, no, is that how much it's out for? Yeah. Fuck. God damn that, that's what I read. Maybe it was just a mistake of just like, because it just popped up at the store. I'm thinking me. I mean, it's Nintendo, so I don't think they would sell it for cheaper. Than and it's 40. a Mario license, so. Yeah, yeah. but like a full yeah. price is, no. I mean, I, yeah. yes, they've remastered it, but it's still bare bones, the same Nintendo game. Yeah, that's a big ask. 60, 60 smackaroos, because... I think it's it's a decently long game as well. Not mad long, even as far as like the Mario RPGs go. But uh, remaking a full RPG like that could be could be worth it. I don't know. Well, it looked amazing. I saw a lot of screenshots from the original game based, and then what they've remade. And I'm like, well, actually, there ha- there's. It's not just like they've upresed or you know made everything three like better 3D of what it already existed. They've definitely improved like all aspects of it, like the landscape around all the scenes looks like it's way more fleshed out. Um, but I mean, the whole like creative process is already done. Yeah, it's done. Like, yeah. They don't have to pay for any of that. Like even, mm-hmm. I think even like the shots are going to be like a one from one for one. They look like, like a replica. Yeah. yeah, the game mechanics are all just still going to be there and set in stone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to charge like a full price game for a not. But Chris, we are currently game. living in the remake era of video games. That's what we pay for now. No one wants to make an original game anymore. Like you know, but yeah. none of the big companies want to make. But an in my game. opinion, this doesn't even look like because they're calling it a remake. This is what I envision a remaster. A true proper remaster yeah, yeah, for a sure. True yeah. remaster, whereas like your Final Fantasy VII is a remake. Yeah. It's but the Final same Fantasy. game, same like characters and story, I guess, but just yeah. remade completely differently. But what they did with eight and ten and ten two were remasters where they exactly. just upraised everything, like punched yeah. up all the environments, punched up all the backgrounds, more polygons, more textures, like nicer textures. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. 60 quid is cheeky. I would probably pay it in that I never finished the original Super Mario RPG, and I guess if there was ever a way to play it, this is probably the way, if you haven't played it before. There's still a lot of charm in going back and playing the old one. one. Yeah, Yeah, it still holds well to this day. Well, after the Super Mario RPG announcement, we got a a new Princess Peach platformer that's in the works. It's a side-scroller set on the theater stage, which will have some sort of transformative powers. More details will be shared soon. So Mm. I guess Peach gets her own game along last. I mean... Could mm-hmm. be good. That's good. Um, I think that will be the game that will close off the Switch. That'll be the finale, the encore, whatever you want to call it. That, that's what they'll pull the curtains on on the Switch as far as I'm concerned. No, I mean, that game is coming up on this list, I think. What do you mean? No, no, like I said, it's coming out for the Switch, but I think that will be the last, you know, 
the, these games that we have here will be because I mean the Super Mario we'll get to it like the other to the Super Mario game Super Mario RPG they seem to be well into production but with this Peach one they're only able to show a very small section of it and they said oh more details to come they weren't like going into it so I think on the development timeline I think this Peach game will be after all oh, of these okay. other games and I have a funny feeling that'll be that's what's going to close out the Switch's at least the Switch 1 life cycle. I don't know if we're going to get a Switch 2 or a new console. Well, I get so much satisfaction out of just imagining what Nintendo's next console will be. Like just trying to come up with whatever wacky idea they're going to do next. <laughs> well, so nothing's going to beat that. Uh, Labo? Who, no, who came up with that idea for the, the KFC chicken heater? <laughs> Remember um, that one? <laughs> um, God, shit, who was that? Was that an Xbox thing? No, no, no. That was some like, uh, like Samsung or a third party, like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Xbox, someone had a weird mini fridge, uh, a funny mini fridge, which I was actually looked pretty cool. Um, but we'll get on to the, the, the next little ones before we finish up. So we've obviously yes, got yes. a remaster of a DS sequel, Luigi's Mansion uh, 2, which is in development for Switch. Oh, remake of... The, the, the DS Luigi's Mansion, which, yeah. uh, I mean, cool, but I'm not excited for that at all. Like, it doesn't look... Really? Well, I enjoyed the Luigi's Mansions, but... Will I play it again on the Switch? No. Okay. No, I wouldn't. That's not a port I'd play. I would. And I, I, I'd never got it on the DS though. So, well, because yeah. I suppose that's where we on the market. Yeah, and I, I'm the and I'm the market for RPG. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's where we stand. So, uh, Rocksteady is bringing the Batman Arkham Trilogy to Switch, so you can play Asylum City and uh, Night on the small screen with all the DLC in autumn this year. Only took them about eight years to get them. Is it? Is it gonna run? <laughs> Who knows? Well, Who knows? There's I mean, a lot of there's a lot of things that don't. The Witcher, uh, The Witcher Three was the funniest. That's exactly what I think yeah, of straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Arkham City on the Switch. Ooh, okay. We also got a Gloomhaven, a card-based RPG based on the board game, and that's going to release on the 18th of September. Uh, Just Dance 2024 edition, which will include some pop bangers when it arrives on the 24th of October. Uh, right, can we just pause for a sec? Just yeah. Dance. I'm imagining a Joy-Con in each hand kind of deal. Yeah, no, that's what they've always. I've always yeah. considered this because cool, I don't know how to use my feet when I'm dancing. So that's <laughs> 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 just, like, I just like tra- yeah. for training for a year yeah. on the Switch to Just Dance. We go to an actual club and it's just us <laughs> all upper body like. Just you know, the inflatable yeah. waving arm. Woo, we got this. And <laughs> um, then we got uh, Silent Hope is an action RPG featuring seven wordless wires with a cute cartoon style that's coming through of October. It's not for me because it's the same kind of sprites that they did for the uh, DD, uh, uh, Nintendo DS remasters of the old Final Fantasies. That kind of real cutesy oh, the, sprite. The chibis? Yes, the chibis. The chibis yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Then we got Fave Farm arrives 8th of September. Um, we got Hot, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2. Turbocharged arrives 19th oh, of October. Man, I was almost so excited for this one because I thought, did you ever play Micro Machines for the... Micro Machines, <laughs> yeah. For the yeah. NES? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, one of my favorite games ever. And I thought they were going to like remake a not game the same. like that. No. Do you, remember, do you ever remember Circuit Breakers, Luke? PlayStation I 1? I remember Mashed. Mashed. So this is, this is, this is pre-Mashed. Mashed, I forgot Mashed existed. Also Mashed a great so game. Good. I have Mashed on Steam. Oh, great game. We should, we should get Sorry. a game. Circuit on. Breakers, no. Circuit Breakers they, was like a, a PlayStation version of like, you know, that kind of micro machines. If you're the car, it's the last one on the screen, you get knocked out. Yeah. They had cool power-ups and stuff like that. I'd love to see. If, listen, if everyone's out there making remakes, Circuit Breakers, hear me out. Right. Um, then we got DLC for Ubisoft's Mario and Rabbids. Spark of Hope is now available. Uh, Dragon Quest Monsters of Dark Prince. Uh, and then we got Pikmin 4, <laughs> which does not interest me in the slightest. I thought I was like, hey, Maybe this thing, maybe this big announcement of Pikmin 4 is what will get me to understand why there was three of them before this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm right Whoa. there with you. I just, I don't Poor get it. Poor <laughs> <laughs> 
dragon, my boy. It's never, it's never <laughs> appealed to me. And I, one of the funny things was in the training, you should watch the trailer. The trailer's a laugh, actually. Um, they were like s- selling you all the things. They're like, and this dog creature will follow you around. How exciting is that? And now you can go out at nighttime. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck me, this game is really boring. Pikmin just achieved the like day and night cycles level of gameplay <laughs> that Minecraft yeah. had. <laughs> so next one we got Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1 is on its way to oh, Switch, yeah. which I was very chuffed about. And they actually, this was the only, I think they announced that collection being available for PlayStation, uh, but didn't go into what was included. But we will get Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3, as well as the original Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid 2 Solid Snake. Uh, the original, like, NES? NES versions, oh, yeah. That's oh, I'm and surprised I'll, that's not already on the, uh, like, virtual console they have. But, but we'll get that as long with, along with the digital graphic novel and its sequel and a, and a whole kind of, like, encyclopedia breakdown of the storyline and characters. So it's actually a very, very decent uh, collection. I mean, yeah, if you want to be really confused, have a read of that. So. thick book. <laughs> that, that'll make <laughs> no like sense. The picture is, like, that, you know that, um, that meme of Charlie Day from... Uh, yeah. It's always Wait, sunny. The, the board? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's Ninja. And he's... <laughs> yeah. And he wears a suit and he's got a sword, and his name is Ninja. No, his name's Deep Throat. <laughs> <laughs> the Lale Lulai Lo. I don't know, actually, that's the funny thing. It's so ingrained in me how stupid that storyline is, is. I'm sure if you did a count, I probably said the Lale Lulai Lo, I don't know how many times in this podcast, <laughs> just because it makes me laugh so much. And then I can, there's a couple of others. I'm just trying to see if there's any decent ones to mention. The Star Ocean 2, Second Story Or. Oh, looks great, Chris. You and me look yeah. excited about that. I, w- I went that? looking for. Because I was like, surely this remake exists. I went looking for it a while back. Um, ended up settling on the first Star Ocean. There was a remake on the Switch. Yeah. Played that. Still pretty good. Uh, but Star Ocean 2 has got a special place in my heart. One of my favorite of all time. It was the first game I think I played that had like multiple endings. Like a lot of multiple yeah. endings. Star Ocean 2 was my first in the series and my favorite. I, I played that one and I played... That was when they came out on the PlayStation Two, maybe early PlayStation oh, Three. Was it uh, till the end of time or something with the blue-haired blue-haired color? dude? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Line Goddard. Yeah. What was it? I think it was until the end of time. That was that was a good one too. But yeah, the the Star Ocean Two was definitely my favorite. Um, then also we have another WarioWare game, and then we'll kind of uh, Mario Deluxe got its other characters. Nobody really exciting. And then we got um, the new Super Mario's Two D game called Mario Super Mario Bros. Wonder, which. I mean, it's a 2D Mario platformer with gorgeous visuals and adorably detailed animations. It will feature Princess Peach, Princess Daisy, and Yoshi as playable characters in addition to Mario, Luigi, and Toad. More details will be on the way soon, ahead of its 20th of October release. Interesting that it's coming out on the 20th of October, and this is the first anybody ever heard of it. Like, that's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, I mean, they can crank these out like it's nothing these days. And honestly, I, I was surprised that this was the last announcement. Yeah. Um, just I, I still think 2D Mario jumped the shark with Super Mario World. Like, nothing has really interested me as much since then. No, the 3D s- World. Or, no, sorry. No, no, Super Mario World, but, like, a- S- SNES. SNES like, one. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah, well. I mean, I have, I've played, I mean, like, my favorite of all time is Super Mario Bros. 3, no doubt. Super Mario, Super Mario World is amazing. But those 2D Super ones Mario are a lot of fun. Super Mario Bros. 3 is definitely, like, it's up there, it's close to the other one, but I would understand why the SNES one has oh, a better. bigger thing. Oh, yeah, fan absolutely, base. yeah. Just I more mean, to I do grew it. up on three too, and I loved it, especially with all the power, like frog suit. And, like, oh, frog suit! suit. Frog yeah. suit is uh, has a level of fame amongst myself yeah. and Danny uh, when we played each time. Yeah, we'll always waste that frog suit. But I'm excited for a 2D. I played a lot of the almost all the 2D Mario's, and although it's kind of like a rinse and repeat, 
I'm into it. And this Wonder One is like, it's got cute, like it, it is different animations and um, the power-up stuff and it looks a little bit different, a little bit like nice. And like I said, like the whole thing, the whole Nint Nintendo director screamed to me, yeah, we're closing up shop soon. <laughs> yeah. Here's what you're getting. Because it's just nothing yeah. but kind of remakes. And like I said, we got like Mario, uh, Super Mario Bros, Wonders, and then that Peach game. But there's nothing on that to say. And like, I mean... Pfft, what what can you say after Zelda? You know, yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. Um, so so that was it. That was all all of our Nintendo Direct. I mean, are you excited? What do you see in Nintendo's future, fellas? Uh, I mean, yeah, someone's got to give soon because uh, they're really you know judging the depths with. Um, I mean, there was some cool announcements, things we've been waiting for for ages. But like, what's going to be the new? Banger. Are they going to release another Zelda on the Switch? I mean, no, they couldn't. They couldn't. Yeah. I mean, so they have to announce something yeah. soon, yeah. I think. And I, I'll kind of leave on this question before we finish up. The next uh, piece of hardware from Nintendo, is it the Switch 2 or do we get like a new console like we kind of like, like GameCube-esque type thing? What, where, what are your They're thoughts? They're going to go off the fucking rails again and go <laughs> right into VR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Virtual yeah. Boy yeah. 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so. you, you have to build it yourself when you yeah. get it. It's a it's a headset, but there's gloves and there's a chest piece and there's trackers on your legs and you're like fully I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what happens. There, there's, there's an add-on for Rod the Robot where you can like box him. <laughs> yeah. Rock'em Sock'em Robots is the only game on it. <laughs> yeah. I hope to God that's not it. <laughs> I really do. Uh, but yeah, guys, thanks a minute for sticking by for the for the news. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, if you want to get more news, which we're about to talk those about the stories that didn't make it into our final cut, you can uh, check out our post show, which we're just about to go into, uh, on uh, patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming. And until then, Chris, Luke, thank you very much for sticking around. And to our listeners out there, keep enjoying the gift that is gaming. Peace out. See you.